Hello, I hope you're having a wonderful day today. I am sharing with you today about taking back our agency as homemakers. And the blessing of being a homemaker is the ability to be curious about things, that we have the time to do research, to look up information. Oftentimes when you quit your job to become a homemaker or praise God for those of us or those of you, because that wasn't me, who uh, skipped going to college, got married, have had children, and you were always a homemaker, stay-at-home mom, wife, helper to your husband. There is a lot of shame and condemnation that comes against homemakers as being uneducated and kind of clueless or useless baggage to society. It's really unfortunate because a lot of times in videos that I share or in videos that my husband and I do together where we encourage women in our roles of being homemakers, there always is people that come up and say that uh, we are telling women that they should not be educated and that it's very concerning that we don't want women to be smart, we want women to be stupid, and that's just not true. Because if you're a Christian and you have a biblical worldview, we believe that we were created in God's image. And I think God made women to be naturally curious learners. And so this whole idea that if you don't go to college to get accreditation, and then you don't go get a career job that you're foolish or you're stupid is not giving women enough credit for how God made us. And the irony is most of those comments come from ladies who would call themselves feminists. They would call themselves women empowerment people. And how is it empowering to tell a woman that she is useless, she is useless as a person and useless to society unless she goes to an institution, a four-year, probably more, institution where she's paying tons of money to go there and get accreditation to do something. I think that that's very foolish to think that that's the only way for women to be educated. College is not the only form of education. College is a form of accreditation where you go somewhere, you pay a lot of money, thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to one day walk across a stage in a robe and get a piece of paper that says, I did the thing, now I can go and get a job. That piece of paper does not prove that you are actually skillful in that area. It just says that you did whatever needed to be done to get the piece of paper. There are many people who go through the college institution and just go through the motions. You don't actually learn any of the skills, but you do what you need to do to get by. You show up to the classes, you memorize things for tests, and then at the end of those four years, you did a lot of the work, but are you actually skilled in the thing. And you know, unfortunately, this could be a difficult topic to talk about because my generation, the millennial generation, many of us did go the college route because that was the expected thing to do. I remember in high school, it was shameful to not even consider going to college, not only college, but you are stupid if you even considered going to a community college that was frowned upon, which is total marketing to frown upon a community college, which would save you a lot of money and then you can stay home living with your parents instead of having to pay a whole bunch more money and live in a dorm and eat 
terrible dorm food, but then even more so if you decided to pursue a trade, uh, anything. If you decided to do anything but college, if you decided you did not want to go to college, college was not for you, it was so shameful that you were almost shamed into going to college. I know a lot of us in my generation had very generous parents who wanted the best for us, wanted us to be set up for success, and paid a huge price to help us get through college, to pay for us to get through college. And so praise God for our parents who wanted the best for us and now I think I think my generation the millennial generation was the trial period we did it we did the college thing but now we're far enough out of it I am over 10 years out of graduating from college and we can look back and see was this of the best interest for our young girls to put them through college 10 years ago, the the results were not out. It wasn't super common. Every It was just the normal thing to do. But I think now we've seen this play out. It would be really naive to not look at that and continue to push our young girls into college when we can see the results. Just look at the breakdown of our society today, just on a moral standard alone. Whether you're Christian or not, you can see that there has been a huge shift in morality, a huge shift in children's behavior. And we have to look at what are the things that have changed over the past 15, 30 years to where now depression is high, anxiety is high. There is so many problems with our society today and what has changed. And obviously one of those is the two income households. Women are working outside of the home. They're not present. They're not home with their children. Divorce rates are through the roof. Uh, women have gone to college and pursued that career trajectory and we can make our conclusions from all of those things that have been happening and where we are now as a society and I think it's safe to say that it's not of our best interest to be putting our young ladies through college just on the moral standards alone when you put a young girl through college especially a young Christian girl you are putting her into a position to lose her innocence. <laughs> if you know anything about college campuses, the boys are not kind. They don't care about your daughter's virtues and protecting her. They will use and abuse her. It is devastating to think about these things. And you know, there's always exceptions. Praise God, I was an exception. That uh, God did protect me when I was in college from those things. But how many girls that isn't the case for? They go through college, they get, you know, used and abused by young men, and then they also are being indoctrinated by liberal socialist ideologies, and they come out hating America with very socialist mindsets, and it's hard to bring them back into the biblical worldview once they've been indoctrinated down that path. And then you have the financial aspect on top of all of those other things. You have the amount of money it costs for young girls to go through college. It costs thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then they have to go get a job to pay that off. So even if a young girl graduates college and then she gets married and then she has children and she wants to come home, she has the weight of that debt on her because of those years that she spent going to that institution. Another common uh, response we get to this is, well, there are scholarships. Young girls can get grants, scholarships to where they can go to college for free. Nothing is free in our world today. Someone pays for it. So let's just say someone gave 
a young girl a scholarship to go to a four-year institution. She uses that scholarship. She comes out debt-free. Now she is obligated because someone paid for her to get that institution degree. She is obligated to spend her time in that job field. So wouldn't it be far better for some young man to get that scholarship who is planning on using that degree, that accreditation for the rest of his life to provide for his family? That would be a far better use of that investment, that scholarship investment into someone than to invest that into someone who never plans on using that degree in the first place. So that's just a logical side of saying, well, scholarships is free education. It's not actually free. Someone's paying for it. Those of us who, again, that whose parents helped us through college, there, it's not a great feeling to know that your parents put a whole lot of money into something that you're not using. So why not instead really try to encourage girls that college isn't the only option for you. Okay, let's just say that a young lady does go to college, whether she pays for it herself, someone pays for it for her, she goes and she gets this degree. Now that she's gotten this degree, she now goes and gets a job, a career using that degree. And now there is the rat race of getting promoted, growing in your degree, becoming a boss babe, working to get to the top, this obsession with the career during a woman's prime fertile years. Not only was the college years prime fertile years, but then the years after college are also prime fertile years that we are giving up for an institutional degree and then for money, for working, for status, for uh, approval of what other people think of you, for your own personal success, neglecting the very thing that God created us for, which is very clear in the Bible. So I do want to read Titus 2. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. I also like the New King James Version. It says that the word of God be not blasphemed. That is how important this is, that the older women teach the younger women these things so that the word of God be not blasphemed. And one, if the older women are to teach the younger women these things, the older women must be doing these things themselves. Again, there's exceptions. Sometimes God calls people to celibacy, but that's very rare. And if you're called to celibacy, you wouldn't be offended by any of this because you would understand that most people aren't called celibacy. But then also it says for older women to teach the younger women to love their husbands and children and to be keepers of the home. So that means that the younger women have husbands and children. And what is the thing that delays most women from getting married and having children? It is the college trajectory. It's common knowledge now that women are getting married later and later in life. They're having children later and later in life if they decide to have children at all or if they end up getting married at all. I mean, I feel like now more than ever you see women going into their 30s single and often these ladies don't want to be single. A lot of times they deeply desire to be married and they deeply desire children and it's actually quite stressful to 
enter your 30s with the option of marriage not being in sight and still desiring to have children. We're not doing our young ladies any favors by encouraging them to go the college route and then the job career route only for them to then be in their 30s and wonder, what happened? Why didn't anyone tell me that this was my prime fertile years? Uh, this weight of sadness that you'll never get that time back. And often the ones who get upset about talking these things, it's because they did buy the lie. They did go the route of becoming a career woman, boss babe, and now they have the sunken cost of being totally invested in that lifestyle. And instead of being honest with themselves and looking back and thinking, you know, maybe there was a better way. If I were to do things differently, this is what I would do differently. And use that message to the younger girls to encourage them of, you know what, this is where I wish I would have done things differently. If you want to get married, if you want to have children, you know, it's easier to do that when you're younger. Not saying that it can't happen because God is good. He can bless us, provide for us beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. But going back to Titus 2, it says older women teach the younger women, the younger ladies to love their husbands and children, which means it's a good thing for younger ladies to get married and have children. And I would even go so far to say it is God's ways because it is clearly stated in his word. And children are a blessing. It says that in Psalm 127. You read Proverbs where it says that a wife is the husband's crown and that the husband has favor when he gets married. There's so many verses about this, even going back to Adam and Eve, where God's command to them was to be fruitful and multiply. All throughout the Bible, you see that it's all about the inheritance, passing things on to your children's children, the legacy that you're going to leave. And so getting married and having children is a huge part of a woman's life. I mean, even from my own perspective, I have not been blessed with the gift of having children yet, but I feel like I can say this because I am someone that hasn't been blessed with that, but there is a huge weight of purpose and meaning in being a mom. When you don't have it and you deeply desire it, you know that there is great purpose in that and that a lot of other things in life are very meaningless when you are not married and when you're not having children as a woman. And I'm not shaming anyone that is not married and does not have children. I'm saying there is an aspect of being honest that it does, there is a longing there when you don't have those things. And still we can glorify God in every season that we're in and no season needs to be wasted, but we're not doing our young ladies any favors by ignoring God's natural ways of getting married, being fruitful and multiplying, having a household, stewarding the household, building your home economy. There is such great meaning to that. And then, as I've mentioned, there is the trap of once you go and get that career job and you've gotten a taste of climbing the ladder, of having a two-income household. If you're married and your husband works and you work, there is a taste of the luxury of normally a six-figure income and the lifestyle that comes with that. And then all of a sudden you have children and that natural desire to be home with your children kicks in and you want to quit your job, but you're tied up in an expensive lifestyle that is reliant on your income. We get messages and comments of this often of ladies who say, I really want to come home, but unfortunately I make more money than my husband. So it's not realistic for me to quit my job because we can't afford to. And that's really sad. It's sad to think that you are denying 
the instinct. It's not mom guilt that, oh, you're putting your children in preschool and you're going off to work. It's easy to brush that off as, oh, that's just, you know, mom guilt. We need to ignore that. No, I think that's the Holy Spirit in you saying, I made you to be with your children. I made you to be the helper of your husband. I made you to steward your household. No one can help your husband like you can. No one can be with your children and love them and train them in the way that they should go like you can. No one can be a builder of your home economy and steward your household like you can. You can't pay for anyone else to do these things. God made us to do those things as our husband's wife, as our children's mother, if you're a mom, as the keeper of our home. What an honor and a privilege that is. And that desire to come home, to be a helper, to be a mom, God has put that in us. And I think in those situations, it's important to look at, okay, this is the importance of tracking where your income's going. Where is our money going? How can we really change our lifestyle to where it would work to live on just the husband's income? Or how can we make a plan to invest the wife's income for the next three months and change the way we're doing things? Or by faith, quitting the job and seeing how God shows up and provides? Or what are the areas that we're spending money on that are luxury and not necessities? Do we need both cars? Do we need this big of a house? Could we move into a smaller house? Do we need the newest cell phone? Looking at those things and seeing what are the things that we can cut out of our lifestyle, choosing to live very simply, choosing to live frugally and learning how to build the home economy. That's why I have tons of videos on the blessing of a wife learning to build her home economy because a woman is actually extremely talented. God made us with so many talents and we have the ability now more than ever, we have information at our fingertips to do things at home that save money and to even make money from home. If that's what you want to do is you want to come home. There are boundless opportunities for women within her own home that she doesn't have to go and work outside of the home anymore. And that's why this whole college institution thing, it's kind of old news. With technology, we are in a new world that we don't actually have to go that route, but these institutions make huge money and they want you to think that that's still the only route. And that's why there is so much social shame around doing anything but going to those college institutions. And then I will say, because often a comment is, well, I hope you don't go see female nurses. I hope you don't go use anything where there is a woman working there. You know, I'm not naive enough to think that we will ever live in a world where every woman will quit her job to come home. I just don't think that will happen. I think that there are plenty of people who will not have this worldview. So there will always be women in the workforce. There will be women who don't want to get married. There will be women who don't want to have children and they want to work outside of the home. And then there will also be women who will stay home and they will raise their children. They will help their husbands. They will steward their home economy. And then they'll be in their 40s or 50s and they may decide that they want to go and become a nurse and work and, you know, get become a naturopath nurse and help women or become a doula or become a midwife. There are opportunities for when the children are out of the home, if a woman has a passion project that she wants to go pursue, and if going and getting an institutional degree will help her do that thing, by all means, go for it. I'm saying that we shouldn't be encouraging young girls to waste their prime fertile years on 
getting a degree that they could do later on in life when the fertility option is gone. When they're married, uh, the children are out of the home, and then all of a sudden they want to pursue something, go for it. And so then what is education? Because I think college and university should be called accreditation because that's what it is. A lot of times you just need that piece of paper to show that you did the thing. Now, obviously there are jobs out there that you have to go to the institution to get the job, nursing, engineering, you have to go do that. There are many jobs, working experiences that you don't actually have to go to school to learn skills in, especially in today's day and age. We have, like I said, information at our fingertips, programs, uh, classes. If you want to be a graphic designer, that's what I went to school for. And I think now there is so much out there. Actually, I think because of Canva and creative market and platforms like that, I think enough people are training themselves into be graphic designers that your work speaks for itself more than the degree that you went and got is what is your portfolio? Can you do the thing? Can you do what people need you to design? And when I was going to school, the only options out there were Photoshop, InDesign, you know, all the Adobe suite. Those were the things that we learned in our college classes. And even now there are so many YouTube videos training you how to use the Adobe programs that I think you could learn far more from YouTube without going the uh, college art route where you end up being critiqued, your creativity from me plummeted because it was an oppressive environment because you're creating what you think your teachers will want because you're getting graded. You're, like I said, getting critiqued in front of all of your classmates and teachers, whereas you could be learning in those skills at home and actually then applying them and putting your work out there for people. So. Again, I'm just further proving the point that this idea that college is the only way to be educated just isn't true. And then even more so for the girl who doesn't want to go to college or for the homemaker who quit her job to come home, life is a continual learning experience. I looked up the definition of education in one of my very old dictionaries. You have seen me whip out this book before. It's one of my favorite dictionaries. I looked up what the word education meant. And one of the synonyms is training, and it's to suggest exercise or practice to gain a skill. And I thought that is exactly what learning is and education is. It is practicing, exercising, learning a skill. And practicing comes from discipline. So learning discipline is extremely important because it takes discipline to continue putting in the time to learn something. It takes discipline to try again when you fail at something because if you're learning a skill, you're inevitably going to fail at some point. So education is continually practicing, developing and learning skills. And I think homemakers have an abundance of opportunities to be educated. I actually think in the five years, over five years, that I've been homemaking full-time, I have expanded my knowledge in so many different fields because whatever I'm interested in, that's the thing that I can focus on and put time into learning. I mean, if I were to make a resume of all of the things that I know now, I have a huge resume of skills that I have since I have become a full-time homemaker because I've had the time to actually learn how to do things. And it's not just stupid, silly skills. It's actually skills that are necessary for life, for survival, for health. Since being a homemaker, I have learned the skill of 
planting seeds and starting a garden and growing our own food and then taking that food from our garden, learning then how to process it. So whether it's dehydrating, whether it is freezing and storing or whether it is canning, I have learned those skills to be able to fill up an entire pantry full of food for our household for the winter. I actually was having a conversation with a group of women one time and uh, it was a little bit awkward because uh, the one was like, oh, I'm a I'm an engineer. And the other one was like, oh, I'm uh, going to school to become a physical therapist. And then I was asked what I do. And I was like, I have a garden and I grow a lot of our food from our garden and I uh, can it and steward it. And <laughs> all of the, you know, career women and the college uh, girls just looked at me like I was stupid. And I went to Scott, I was like, you know, knowing how to grow your own food, that is a very important life skill. Like that is something that everybody could learn. Yet I was looked at like I was the foolish one. It just made me laugh because I'm like, this is how full we've been as a society to think that that's not educated, <laughs> to think that that's not skillful, knowing how to grow your own food, which is something that we clearly need. And in today's world where food inflation is through the roof, Knowing how to grow your own food and can them, that is building your home economy. That is saving you money. That is saving you from having to go and work at a job where you have to then use that money that you make that gets taxed to then go buy food that costs way more than it should. And who knows what the heck is put in that food, sprayed on that food. I mean, they're putting crickets in food these days. So to know where your food is coming from, that it's not being sprayed, that it's being stewarded with love. You're working in creation with the Lord, with our hands, being outside. All of the things that makes you a healthy person and also bring great joy and contentment to your life. So that is a skill. And then I can take raw ingredients. I can take wheat berries, grind them in a mill, and I've learned the skill of making bread pastries from a wheat berry, which is a skill. It takes time to learn how to adapt to fresh milled grains, but that's something that requires practice over time. Again, it's a skill set. It is something that I've had to practice and learn how to do. I am educated in the ways of wheat berries. And then sourdough, I can take flour, I can ferment it over several days, and I can then have a fermented sourdough starter that I can make healthy, nutritious bread. And not only that, but you can then share your sourdough starter with other people. That can be an heirloom thing that you pass down to your children's children if you keep it alive and keep it going. And they can say, you know, this sourdough starter was first started by my grandma. How cool is that? And again, that is a skill that has to be learned. I think that's why sourdough appears to be very intimidating, but it's just a skill that has to be learned. It's like learning how to cook. You just practice and you do it. I failed two times making a sourdough starter before the third time actually worked. And really the third time, the reason it worked was because I had a friend who bought me a book in the Banneton baskets and encouraged me to try again. And I tried it again 
and it finally worked the third time I did it. It is a discipline of practicing despite failing. Another skill uh, education thing is learning how to make all of your home products. I make laundry detergent from scratch. I don't have to buy jugs of laundry detergent anymore. I make our cleaning products from scratch. I make my facial products from scratch using herbs that I've grown from the garden. I have learned the ways of home apothecary. I have the time to be able to study herbalism and look up uh, recipes for when sickness comes up or to prepare things for when sickness comes up. I make fire cider. It's an immune booster that we can take all through the winter to prevent sickness. I have tinctures that I've made. Uh, licorice tincture is great for your throat if you have a sore throat. I have propolis tincture, another thing that's great for sore throats. I can make my own capsules, put camu camu powder in it, and you have now your own high vitamin C boost capsules. You can make salves. The other day I burnt my hand on the inside of the oven and I have a salve that I made. It is a burn bomb. I put that on it and within a few minutes the stinging went away and I made that from infusing herbs and olive oil and then I turned that olive oil into a salve. But all of those things have taken time and research to learn how to do. But those are things that will help us in our everyday life. Those are things that you can then teach your children how to do and then they can teach their children how to do these are the the things that our older generation just knew how to do it was second nature for them to do all of these things and in the industrial revolution convenient comfort lifestyle women working outside of the home those skills somehow got lost between generations and i feel like now people have a hunger to get back to that lifestyle. I also have the ability to fix simple things on our garments to make our clothes last longer. The other day, Scott showed me this shirt. It was a button-up shirt and he said, these buttons are about to fall off. Can you fix them? So I took the time to sew the buttons back on. If there's holes in something, I had these comfy pajama pants that had a hole right in the bottom and I mended them back together. I'm very beginner in this. I'm a novice, but I am taking the time to actually practice these things and learn these skills because that makes our clothes last longer. My sister taught me how to bookbind when I was in high school. And so now I have the ability to hand bind journals and I have an online shop where I sell those journals. And that adds a little bit of extra money for our household, but it's also a fun skill for me to do. And then I get to make those journals for myself. And I consider those things to be heirlooms that uh, will be passed down because it is full of uh, things that God has done, prayers answered, conversations with the Lord that I hope to encourage our children or grandchildren with someday. And then I am available to help my husband in however he needs help with his mission and his work. I have flexibility in my schedule. I have the ability to learn how to help him. So if he needs help at an event, if he needs help with administration work, if he needs help with organizing something, I have the time and ability to learn how to help him so we don't have to go and hire someone else to do that. And then I have the skill, it is a skill, it is something you have to learn how to do to create a peaceful home for us by keeping it nice, by keeping it pleasant. 
by buying things that are beautiful. Uh, I spent a season learning how to do auctions so I could get furniture and home decorative vintage things for super cheap. But that takes time and it takes skill to learn how to do the online auctions. You have to know how much things actually sell for and if you're getting a good deal. You have to be on the website at the time of the auction closing or you could miss a sale. You have to also have self-control to not just buy up something in the moment because you really want it when you're actually not getting a good deal for it. I could walk around a lot of our house and a lot of the hard furniture, like this bookshelf, we got at an in-person auction, which also requires skill, um, for five bucks, this beautiful wooden bookshelf. So many things in our house I've gotten at wonderful prices and they're like solid wood furniture. It is something that will last us forever. But that is a skill, that is something you have to learn how to do. So. I consider myself to be very educated. It's just not educated in the way that people want you to think education is. And then you have the whole other end of the spectrum these days where even in the Christian homemaking world, you have a lot of people that want you to think that the only way that you can learn how to do a skill is if you buy their course. Or you have a lot of people that think the only way you could learn the value of being a homemaker is if you buy their course where they tell you what to do, they tell you what to think. But I think that's the blessing of being a homemaker. Like I've said, we have the time to learn how to do things. And we do live in a time where we can access books. We can go to the library and learn from books. We have the internet at our fingertips to learn so many different skills. People put information on YouTube that is completely free for you to learn how to do things. If you want to learn something, the information is out there for you to learn how to do it. It's actually a curiosity thing and a discipline thing to take the time for you to learn how to do it instead of paying for someone else to do all the research and compile it for you. Now, there are exceptions. I don't wanna say that all courses are bad or useless because I do think that there are courses that are a huge blessing. I bought an herbalism course a few years ago for $270 and it wasn't just an online vaporous course. <laughs> I actually got a giant binder with many booklets in it and everything that is on the online course I got in a binder that I will have a tangible something I can hold for the rest of my life. If we're traveling, if I'm on the road, I can take one of those booklets out of the binder and I can be studying herbs while I'm on the road. I don't have to stare at a screen to learn something because uh, in my opinion, I try to limit my screen time and how much I'm looking at a screen, so I actually prefer books and things that I can look at that's not a screen. And there are an abundance of resources out there like that to where it's not only on a screen, that you can have something tangibly. I think the reality is a lot of people that do offer courses, really, they're just offering you to buy access to them. Uh, that's the main thing. And in a way, it's a little bit insulting to, to say a homemaker can't learn skills herself. A lot of times with courses, you're buying permission. And what I mean by that is you don't think you have the ability to do it. So you're buying a course basically of someone telling you that you can do it. When God made us with the ability to be curious and we do have the ability to do these things. We don't have to buy a course 
to get permission to learn how to do something. Really, we just have to have the hunger to learn how to do something. So if you want to clean your home with natural cleaning products, there is so much information out there about natural cleaning products look it up like just take the time get on the internet and look it up i keep saying this but i think it's just mind-boggling to me because people are putting free information out there we can look these things up it's a hunger to learn and a confidence that we can learn things and then with that you learn what works for your household because what works for some people isn't going to work for you you're going to find that some cleaning products you like better than others because you've trialed it uh, with the laundry soap. I tried two different soaps before I found the one that I currently like and I love and I've been using this one for the past two years. It works for me but it took trying different recipes, trying different ideas until I found this one that actually worked for us and that's fine. That's part of being a homemaker. That's part of being a home economist is trial and error and seeing what works for you and not worrying about failing, but trying things and seeing what works. Having that curiosity in you to learn how to do things, and when things don't work out, it's okay. You can try it again next time. It's taking back our agency as homemakers, that we have this ability to learn how to do things, and we don't have to pay for someone else to tell us how to do things, whether that's the college route or the buy my course route. And then I think there's also, like there are people, praise God, that give tons of information out there for free. And if you wanna buy their thing to support them, to thank them for what they've done, um, I don't agree with everything Doug and Stacy does, but they've offered tons of resources. Back in 2018, I feel like was my prime era of learning from them. And I learned so much from them during that time. It was actually, Doug did a video on the clothes that he wears and that really inspired us with our localism journey. And when they put out uh, recipe books or they put out their links for salt, I don't mind using that because I'm, I'd I like to be generous to them because they've given me so much information for free. I think my red flag goes up when I feel like people are trying to make money off of the homemaker without providing the value that they say that they're giving because they're not really empowering you to learn things. They're saying that you need them to learn things. So all of this video is to encourage you in your homemaking that you actually are educated, that you are skillful, and what a blessing it is that we get to be homemakers, that we get to be keepers of our home. And if you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, she is an incredibly skillful, talented lady. And she uses those talents for the benefits of her household, helping her husband, being with her children, blessing her local economy and taking back agency. We can learn skills and become a skillful woman of God. And so get excited and figure out what are the things that you wanna learn and just start researching those things. Take the time to look things up and then actually then do the thing instead of just only looking it up actually then practice the thing so i hope that this video has been a blessing to you i bless you your household and your home economy